0: Hello! This is Reese, back again with another Commuter Chronicles podcast episode. This is the second episode. Uh, You're listening to the second episode because you loved episode one so much that you've decided to come back and listen to another one. I'm really grateful. Uh, you probably loved my dry sarcasm, my measured tone, my uh, subtle enthusiasm for the range of topics, an exciting insights that I can offer you and your loved ones I'm sure after listening to that first episode you told a lot of people about it, you probably spoke about it a lot on your social media saying hey there's a new podcast, it's really cool he seems like a great guy Uh, so yeah, thanks for doing that I really appreciate it the more people who hear about this podcast the more people who can learn and improve and develop as humans. You know, this is a, a process where I empty my brain, uh, you fill yours, and everybody wins. For this second episode, I thought a really interesting, well-researched topic would be observations of life in Canada slash North America in comparison... To a previous life in the United Kingdom. Um, Some really, really detailed observations on how different things are, how similar things are, Um, and I was going to say a third thing, but things can only be different or similar, so I don't have a third thing to finish off that list of three. So I'm driving. The first thing anybody notices when they come to North America is the cars are massive. And a car you would consider large in the UK is actually quite small here. I've got a uh, top class Ford Fusion 2010. Um, And it's about the size of a UK Mondeo. I don't know what they call them outside of the European market. But it's a Fusion in North America and a Mondeo in Europe and that's a large car back in the UK you know, you you get it in a state you can pull a caravan, get a family of five Um, it's it's not a small car I think I've seen it in what car classed, uh, what car magazine what classed as exactly a large car here it's not a large car Um, that's just one of many examples about how the cars here are bigger. Um, the one thing I do notice as well is that what British people call saloons, they call sedans, uh, and there's a lot more of them. People haven't quite learned the superior benefits of a hatchback. The fact that it's a much more practical boot, a much more practical use of the car's space, and how much a smaller car that is a hatchback can be a lot more practical than a large saloon slash sedan. Uh, it's crazy. I've told at least 13 people uh, I've met, Canadians, that it's something they really need to think about. And they, they, they're wasting their money on a lot of space that could exist above the trunk that would allow them to carry large items on a, a kind of non-regular basis. If they go DIY shopping, furniture shopping or uh, smuggle people or whatever over borders, a hatchback is definitely the vehicle you want. Not into cars, the comparisons don't stop there. They call chips chips in Nova Scotia. You can buy fish and chips, but they don't resemble chips as you'd imagine UK chips, they just call them chips, but they do look like thin skinny french fries. Um, but I I appreciate it, they call them chips I call them chips Um, it's one less thing to be confused about, the the differences culturally, you know I I know of a family who moved to Saudi Arabia at a similar time that we moved to Canada and I imagine that the cultural differences there are pronounced um, much more numerous and slightly more extreme than moving from the UK to Canada is the language, different religion you know, strict codes to live by in your day-to-day moral living uh, whereas in Canada it's kind of the same I'd say people are friendlier um, they seem to take their recycling a lot more seriously but you know, there's no religious police um, both genders drive and I've certainly not seen any kind of fenced off areas for people who've had their passports confiscated and are then forced to build World Cup stadiums. So that's a good thing about Canada, that's one of the things that has made me kind of really appreciate being here is that I've not seen any of that. Um, I didn't expect to, but you don't know what a place is really like until you've lived here for a few months. Um, And I'm still learning. Uh, Something that I do find really interesting about the Canadian way of life is that they don't know what the word triple means. There's a triple two in the middle of my cell slash mobile telephone. And I've given my number to people and said triple two or treble two sometimes just to mix it up, depending on if I'm feeling adventurous. And they just look at me blankly and I've repeated it and they then start to repeat the number back to me and pause at the moment where I've said treble or triple and they were too polite to just flag it up as what does that mean Uh, until one lady was so confused and I'd repeated my number with the, the treble slash triple so many times that she just... Couldn't really understand what I was saying for the middle part. And then I learned they don't know what it is. So um, I'm hoping to introduce that to Canada as a phrase. It's quite handy, it's better than saying tutu, which never feels natural to me. And I always feel like an announcer on a radio kind of advert or TV station just trying to plug a number really quickly by repeating a repetitive number. Um, but so far it hasn't really worked there's one lady who's caught on with so there's probably about another 29,999,000 Canadians to go the houses, you in comparison to say your typical Welsh house your typical Welsh house is a stone built terrace um, with three bedrooms a long thin parcel of land at the back And the big difference here is that for about the same price, if you buy somewhere outside of the city, you get a massive wooden home that is probably about three times the size with an additional basement. And you also get a massive parcel of land, probably 50% forest. Um, And this has been life-changing for us because uh, it's just a lot bigger. I'm 5 foot 7, my wife is 5 foot 1. Our three kids are proportionately sized to their short parents, so my big ambition is that, like a goldfish, when it's moved into a larger bowl, I've been led to believe they will grow larger to accommodate the size of the bowl and will never grow beyond a size that is sensible to the bowl they live in. I'm really hoping that my kids can get closer to 6 foot when they're full size. Maybe when they're fifteen or sixteen, um, because you know five foot seven is slightly below average, and I hope this new bowl will allow them to gre- re- yeah definitely reach their full growth potential. Um, the Canadian workplace is good. Everyone is very polite, very friendly. Um, everyone's really positive and upbeat, and people have said "well done" so many times in the space of a week. I I think it was probably the amount of times that someone would say well done to you in the UK for something you've done in your job over a year would be compressed to one week's worth of well done's in a Canadian workplace. It's positive. Um, Initially, I thought it was sarcasm Uh, and so did my wife. She thought someone was being very sarcastic towards somebody else uh, and was waiting for everyone to kind of roll their eyes or laugh or go, (laughs) yeah your dick, or whatever, after saying, well done, you did really well, but they, they actually meant it, and um, it's surprised both of us that people are genuinely nice, with no sarcasm, no irony, um, they say nice things to each other, they mean it, it's not a veiled insult, um, uh, and that's something we've had to get our heads around, you know, we're used to constantly insulting colleagues, loved ones, friends, um, sometimes sarcastically with a fake well done and now we have to learn that even when we insult people here with a vague, kind of sarcastic well done they're not going to take it as that they're going to take that as genuine feedback so it's been a steep learning curve in that sense Uh, other things the food here was surprisingly good Um, there's actually quite a lot of interesting places to eat and it's not all homogenous outlook chain restauranty y things um, I do like those sometimes I'm not a food snob I will have a drive-through I will pay a, a discount price for some meat in some bread with some fries slash chips but I was worried that that was the only choice here uh, I stand corrected it was huge ignorance on my part there is A wealth of cuisine, restaurants, um, uh, microbreweries, cider presses, vineyards. uh, Kind of bucked all my expectations. Uh, But the only other problem is, and the reason I haven't been to many of those restaurants, and we haven't been as a family, is that food here is quite expensive in comparison to the UK. There's no Aldi or Lidl, um, and I really miss Aldi and Lidl. Um, if I had to miss, yeah, I'd say I'd probably miss Aldi a little more than my family back in the UK, because as, as great as they are, they didn't allow us to feed a family of five for 60 quid a week. Um, so hopefully they will expand here eventually, sooner rather than later, because uh, it is expensive. Sobeys is a lovely looking uh, supermarket, but I found that quite expensive. Uh, Walmart is pretty much Asda on steroids and probably our go-to place because it is the cheapest place to buy food, I think. Um, There's an amazing shop that gets my heart racing every time I walk through the door, and that is Canadian Tyre. If you've never heard of Canadian Tyre, then you haven't lived. If you're a man, you can go there and just stand in the middle of an aisle, close your eyes, put your, your hands on your hips, and just take a deep breath and inhale, just pure testosterone in the air. It's, it's incredible, there's, there's kayaks, there's tools, there's um, rifles, there's hunting bows, there's, well, that's pretty much it, but it's a good shop. Um, I don't want a rifle. I certainly don't want a gun in the house at all, Uh, call me British, but I don't feel a need for a domestic weapon of that kind. Uh, But I like the other stuff, I like the power tools, Um, and they have this cool thing where when you buy things there, they give you tokens back worth a couple of cents in their own version of money, so that you can save up that fake money to buy more things there. So if you spend like $100, you get a dollar back in made-up Canadian tyre money, which I usually give to my kids and tell them it's pocket money. They're all under six and they haven't worked out it's not Canadian money yet. So um, it's uh, win-win. I get to buy power tools, they get pocket money. Um, another big difference, which uh, might shock a lot of people, is the roadkill here. Uh, well, how can I describe it? Roadkill in the UK, you see a furry lump on the side of the road. The roadkill here looks like someone has joyrided through West Midlands Safari Park. Uh, You have deer, moose, bears they closed the highway on the way to work the other morning because someone had hit a bear Uh, you know, it's it's just it's just insane Um, there's no monkeys luckily to eat the trim on the outside of your car, because Uh, that is a regular feature of a safari park but it just gives you a bit of an insight into the kind of wildlife that lives around you that is often invisible um, and the only time you really do get to appreciate it is when you hit it at 70 miles an hour um, on the highway Uh, the car was smashed to pieces Um, I don't think anybody won in that scenario bears are big, tough, strong animals but you know cars are too, I guess, not animals but machines, glass metal, you know mass times speed equals force, I believe and yeah, bear soup um, and a hefty insurance job, I imagine probable economic write-off for the vehicle and a whiplash claim I don't know how you can claim against a bear but uh, maybe just whiplash with no claim uh, I don't know who you can W.W.F. or one of the animal charities maybe, I don't know but that's one of the things they keep warning you on the radio is to always keep an eye out for the wildlife while you're driving and of course I'm recording this podcast while I'm driving so if I do hit an animal you will get a live well not live, you'll get a recorded blow by blow description of the impact the aftermath, and then maybe even uh, some description of the uh, animal as it crawls off to die, or as I scrape it off the front of my car, so yeah, so those are some key differences differences and observations about life in Canada, and uh, this was episode two, Uh, episode three will be coming soon.